Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. Before we get started, any prayer requests? Yes, sir. Okay. Any other prayer requests? Okay. Corky Barnett. Corky Barnett. Okay. Any others? Thank you. A little update on Benji. Thank you for all your prayers. Um, Friday night, they set Benji up in the bed twice for about 15 minutes each. Uh, they stood him up twice, and uh, the doctors and nurses said that he helped him helped 75% to stand up on his own, and uh, then late Friday night, he started twitching his left toes. He still has no movement in his left arm. Uh, they have moved him from the CCU to the rehab across the street. Um, so he is still recovering from that, but prayers are doing it. We know the Lord's in, in healing power. And uh, Brian and Teresa wanted me to make sure to tell all of y'all thank you for praying for them and lifting Benji up in prayers, that they know that that's what's uh, healing him and lifting them up. Any other prayer requests? If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most merciful God, we thank you for this day and the many blessings of life that you've given us, Father. We pray for Bob and Father, when you know that situation, we pray for Tim and Linda. Lord, we just ask that you would be there with them and strengthen them and encourage them. Father, we know the healings that you provide. There's the physical healing and the divine healing. And Lord, we leave the healing that you desire up to you. Lord, we just ask for peace and understanding to accept the healing that you provide. We pray, Father, for all those who have lost loved ones. We ask you to comfort them in their time of loss. May they feel your mighty arm of comfort around them at this very moment. We pray, Father, for our men and women in armed forces, those who are at home, those who are abroad. We ask you to put a hedge of protection around them, keep them safe from harm, be with their loved ones in their absence, give them that peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, Father, for Lee Allen being with us today, and we ask, Father, that you'll continue to protect him and strengthen him and encourage him, Father, as he continues to serve this great nation. We thank you for the security that you've given him and the ability for him to be with us today, Father. We ask, Father, that you would be with the sick and the dying, Lord. You know there's so many that are touched with this disease uh, that they are battling right now, those who have just contracted it and those who are trying to overcome it. And those who have overcome it but are still recovering, Father, we just ask that you'd give them every touch, Father, of healing that they need. We pray for this church. We ask you'll continue to use us as a light shining in darkness. We thank you for allowing us to be the hands and feet of your son, Jesus. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus, as he taught us to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jan, would you come, please? I just got something to show you. Uh, this is going to be y'all's row. Well, some other people can sit on it too. When we have children's moment, I want y'all to come sit right here. Have you had a good week? What's this I hear about you going to be water boy? Is that right? Well, I think that's a great job. Are you enjoying it so far? Well, good. I reckon everybody uh, had a good week this week, and, and, and uh, Franklin County didn't go to school, but you're going back Tuesday, is that right? Well, I hope everybody's staying good and healthy. Y'all know what this is? What is that? You know, looks like a pin and baby. Can you tell what it is? Oh, yes, bring, oh, she's got to come to Children's Moment. Of course she does. Yes, you make that young lady come sit at Children's Moment. Well, you may have to hold your baby. She don't want to sit up this morning too much. Okay. Well, I'll, now, this is, I'm not going to let you hold it because of the COVID thing, but I'm going to show you something. This is where you cut it on. Now, what's wrong with my flashlight? It's dead. It, it's dead, is it? Okay. Uh, it's not very useful, is it? It's not very good. Now, because you know why it's dead, don't you? It needs batteries. It needs new batteries. You're absolutely right. These batteries are used up. Well, do you know that Christians get like this sometimes? And other people, in fact, all people, but Christians get like this a lot too. It's called being burned out. Now, when you get burned out, that means you're just tired of everything. You're just used up, and, and your light is not shining for God. Now, you need new what? Batteries. New batteries. Now, can you see how many A's are on that? It's a triple A. Now, do you know what those triple A's mean if you're a Christian? In order to not be burned out anymore, you need attention, affection, and affirmation. Now, what does that mean? If you're burned out, you need somebody to talk to you and say, Well, uh, hi, Brahma, how you feeling today? I've been missing you. Uh, uh, boy, that's a good-looking shirt you've got on. You're affirming them. And then, affection. Sometimes you just need a hug, don't you, Slum? Sometimes do you just need a hug? Sure. Need a little affection, a little pat on the back. And then, the last day is appreciation. The one of the worst things about making people sad is when nobody notices when they've done a good job. How many of you like to hear that was wonderful. How many of you women, when you cook, love it when your husband or somebody's eating with you says, boy, that was good. I'll go cook it again. But if you don't say if you liked it, guess what? I might not ever cook it again. In order to make our light shine, now wait a minute, I hope I'm doing this right. Let's see what happens. We have to have our batteries charged. Now, uh-oh, I didn't put it back in there right. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I did. I think, oh, that one goes like that. And this one goes like that. Now let's try it again. 
we give somebody the triple A's, what happens? Now, there are some people that are really, really, really super sad. And even though we've given them the three A's, you know, the attention, the affirmation, the affection, they're still not feeling very good. And you know what we do with our light then? We sit real close to them and let our light shine on them until they're ready to be affirmed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we all get burned out sometimes, even kids. And I know that these children have been burned out. They've been sent to school, sent home from school, wear a mask, you know, sit in front of the computer. That all gets real tiring and makes us sad because we want to see our friends and we want to be with them. And then we adults, we do it too. We work real hard and nobody notices that we work real hard. We try to do our very best and, and nobody's appreciating us or, or anything. And, and Father, as Christians, we're supposed to be the light bearers. We're supposed to be the batteries, Lord, the triple A's, seeing to everybody's needs. And if we do that, then somebody will see to our needs. And Father, when somebody's just so sad that it just don't seem like they can even get their batteries charged, we need to be the light, sitting by them and letting them share our light until they can get a battery and get going again too. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my, these wonderful children in this room. And I ask your blessings on them all. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to go play? Take your baby in this almost forgot. Let's stand and do our affirmation of faith. If you would, please stand. Christians, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin. Amen. All right. I messed that up, didn't I? Well, good morning. Good morning. Have your Bibles with this morning. Turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22 verses 1 and 2. Or your electronical devices or whatever it may be. Proverbs 22 verses 1 and 2. And you there, say amen. And scripture says, beginning in verse 1, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your Word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your Word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may be better disciples of your Son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you'd remove me from this, use me as your humble vessel, speaking your Word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So a good name is more desirable than great riches to be esteemed as better than silver and gold. 
So to have a good name is what? Somebody says, well, they mean what they say. They do what they say. They're going to be there. You can trust them. That kind of thing. Uh, a good name also, you know, you can get a name in the world. You can get a good name. You can get a bad name. Well, it's, do you know him? Yeah, I know him. You don't, want to, you don't want to be associated with them. Or, yeah, they're a good person. Uh, for me, a long time ago, it used to really bother me what people thought about me. It used to really, really bother me. And my lovely wife told me a long time ago that unless you value anyone's, that person's opinion, you should not worry about what they think about you. But if you value their opinion, then it's going to affect you a little bit. Scripture tells us we're not supposed to let the right hand know what the left hand's doing, right? So I'd rather be known that when I leave this world, that Joshua and Brenda are overwhelmed with the people that come to pay respects and say that I've had an impact in their life. I'd rather them to be overwhelmed by the people that come. I don't want people to know uh, the things that I do. I don't want people to know. Uh, I don't want accolades here on earth. I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please God. That's what we're called to do is to serve God. Amen? Amen. We're not called to, uh, to be served, but to be servants. So for a good name is more desirable than great riches. <clears throat> Skip on down to verse 8 and 9. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity. The rod they wield is in fury will be broken. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. How many of you are blessed this morning? We're blessed this morning. How many of you would say this morning that you're rich? How many of you say that you're rich this morning? There, there's two ways of being of being blessed. We are blessed this morning because we have a roof over here. We got air conditioning. We can sit in this morning. We all had uh, clothes to put on our backs and roofs over our head at home. We got food in our stomach. We, we got family that love us. We're blessed, right? God has blessed us uh, above and beyond we could ever begin to imagine uh, the blessings that He's given us. But also, we're a blessed people this morning because of Jesus Christ. We are even more so than blessed. We are rich people this morning. Not because of monetary things that we have. Not because of worldly possessions. Not because of our homes or our bank accounts or our friendships. But we are rich this morning. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're rich. Amen. So to have all these things and for us to be generous with the things that we have and to share food... Most of us aren't going to have people come in and say, hey, uh, can, I need something to eat from your house because I'm hungry and I'm poor. We're usually not going to have that happen. But what we do is we give in order that people can have something to eat. Whether we give into the offering plate or we give of ourselves and times and our talents or we give to uh, communities and, and share with them about what needs to be for those who are less fortunate than we are. Skipping on down to verse 22 and 23. Do not exploit the poor because they are poor and do not crush the needy in court. For the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life. In other words, just because somebody is down doesn't mean you kick them when they're down. Just because somebody is poor and you know they need something or, or they are in a great need doesn't mean that you hold it over their head and take advantage of them. There are a lot of people who want to just help others. There's a lot of people who have been blessed that want to just pass the blessing on. 
to do unto others. How many of you have heard that uh, country song uh, where this guy stops on the side of the road and he helps this woman change her tire and uh, she asks what his name is and he says, my name's Joe and she tries to pay him and he won't take it. He says, just don't let the, the chain of love end with you. And then she stops somewhere to dine her and eats and she can tell that the, the waitress is uh, far along in her pregnancy and she's tired on her feet. And so when she pays, she pays with 100, but she writes on the piece of paper, uh, the thing I do to you has been done to me. Don't let the chain of love end with you. And the waitress goes home and she hugs her husband and she said, everything's going to be all right. I love you, Joe. It's a full circle. Don't let the, the chain of love end with you. That when we give of ourselves, that it's going to be passed on. That when we provide for others, in turn, it will come back to you at some point in time. How many of you are prideful people in here this morning? You got a lot of pride this morning? Anybody got pride? Anybody besides me got pride? All right, we've got pride. If I'm in need of something, I'm going to sell a lot of monetary things that I have, worldly things, before I get to a point to where I swallow my pride and say I need help. A lot of you are the same way. We've got a lot of pride, and we're going to do everything that we possibly can to take care of self before we say, I need help. The Holy Spirit helps us to discern from people who need help. The Holy Spirit helps us. I'll get calls through the week saying, hey, is this the pastor at Halltown United Methodist Church? It is. Well, do you help with bills? Yes, Yes, we'll help with bills. Well, I need $220-something to pay my utility bill. Will you write me a check? No, I won't write you a check, but if you bring me the bill, we'll get it taken care of for you. And a lot of times you'll hear it click. And the reason is, is because they're looking for a way to exploit people's good nature of giving. It happens the same thing anytime we do uh, any kind of giveaway of food or whatever. You'll have people who will just take advantage of the situation. That's not what God is calling us to do. But when that happens, and we don't have the Holy Spirit to discern, uh, we, we don't catch the, the discernment there between what is right and what is wrong, what do we do? Do we don't do anything? No, God's Word tells us to, that we're to give to those who are less fortunate. So we go ahead and give, and if we do what we're called to do, then we can sleep at night and not have to worry about it. It's not whether or not they do, they're doing it in a right heart they're asking for something right that's not our place our place is to help as the lord has called us to skipping on over to james chapter 2 james chapter 2 verses 1 through 17 james chapter 2 verses 1 through 17 scripture says james the servant of god and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So we're supposed to consider it pure joy when we are tempted. When we go through trials and tribulations, we're supposed to consider it pure joy. Why? Because when we persevere, we strengthen in our faith. Amen? Our faith is tested and we persevere, and our faith is strengthened because of it. 
I haven't had an Oreo and I couldn't tell you when. I love Oreos. Still love Oreos. I just don't consume them. I don't take them. Brendan and Josh, during turkey season, they hit a whole pack of Oreos for me. When we would go to the truck to get a little nourishment, I'd grab a granola bar and be eating that granola bar. I'd hear them ruffling the package and I could smell an Oreo upwind or downwind, Jane, probably a mile away now because you can smell those Oreos. They smell so good. And I'd say, what are y'all eating? And they'd smile at me with that chocolate in their teeth like, you know, hey. And I knew what they were eating. But I persevered through that and I didn't, didn't have to have an Oreo and I made it through and I'm stronger because of it. Perseverance. Even though it's there. God doesn't tempt us in our situations. God does not create evil. He doesn't tempt us with evil. You ever heard anybody say, well, the devil made me do it? You ever heard that? The devil made me do it. Looking on down. Um, verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Remember, King Solomon was said, hey, you know, ask whatever you want. And King Solomon didn't ask for glory. He didn't ask for riches of the world. He didn't ask for all of his enemies to be triumphed under him. But what he did ask for was wisdom. And because he asked for such a godly thing in order that he could govern God's people, he didn't ask for something for himself. He asked for something to further the kingdom of God. God blessed him even with all the other things that he didn't ask for. You ever tried to outgive God? You can't do it. The more you try to give, the more you give to God, the more He'll open the windows and the, and the floodgates of heaven and flow blessings down upon you. So much so that you can't even harvest them and gather them in. You don't have any way to get them. Get them all gathered up. Because you cannot outgive God. He will bless you above and beyond. Verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So when you ask for something from God, you're supposed to believe that God's going to do it for you. When you ask for wisdom, not just asking for wisdom, but you've got to believe that God is going to give you the wisdom. That doesn't mean you can say, well, Lord, I'm asking for my bank account to be busting at the seams. Well, it depends on how you ask for it. If you ask for it in a right heart, so that you can glorify the kingdom of God. But if you're asking for it out of selfish ambition and gain, then you're probably not going to get it. It doesn't matter if you believe that He's going to do it for you or not. It's got to line up with His will for you. Verse 8, Such a person is double-minded and un unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises, for the sun rises with, scorch, with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and in beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go, around, go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under the trial because having stood the test that the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, then is, full, is fully grown, gives birth to death. 
Don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So God does not tempt us with evil, yet every good and perfect gift comes from above. We know that last week we learned that sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. And that because of that sin, the wage of sin is death. And death comes into the world through sin. So if we give hold to a selfish ambition or desire and we allow sin to be conceived and then we act upon that conceived sin, then sin is, is born and then it proceeds into death. That we receive death because of that because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But not to be deceived that every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. God is the same God today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He's never changing. He's the same God on the mountaintop as He is in the valley. He is both the God of the rich and the poor. He loves us no matter what, and He's the same every day. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 Verses 24 through 37. Scripture says, Then Jesus left the place and went to the city of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syria, Phenaca. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said, first let the children eat all they want, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Jesus was saying, look, I've come for the Jews to bring them salvation, to offer salvation to them. I've come to bring them faith, love, compassion, mercy, forgiveness. Why should I take it away from them and give it to you? We wouldn't take food out of our child's mouth if they were hungry and give it to a total stranger because they were hungry. We might split it. We might take food off of our plate to take care of someone else, but we wouldn't take it from our child in order to give it to someone else. Jesus is saying, look, I came for, for the Jews. Why would I take it away and give it to not God's chosen people, to the Gentiles? Listen to what the woman says. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. How many of you remember your child in a high chair when they were young eating? Do you remember the little mats you used to lay in the floor and you sat there, we'd sit and look at Joshua and he had these little bibs and you would just about have to throw them away because they'd be so stained after he got through eating. You'd look at him, it'd be all over his face. He'd have meat and blueberries was his favorite baby food. Some kind of turkey meat in a jar and a blueberry. He thought that was the greatest thing. And you would look and say on his plate when he was eating solid foods, man, he is eating real good. His plate was full, now it's empty, but most of it was in the floor. There was crumbs everywhere. She's saying that even as a child eats, crumbs fall to the floor and the dog gets the crumbs. The dog gets the crumbs. He gets what's left over. And Jesus told her, For such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Because of her faith and because of saying, even the dogs get just the leftovers, the crumbs. How much faith do we have to have in order to be saved? Just the faith of a mustard seed. 
just a little crumb, a minute portion that we have to have in order to receive salvation from God. Just that much faith. Verse 31, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And after he, after he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue, and he looked to heaven, and with a deep sigh said to him, Epitha, which means be open. And at this the man's ears were open, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Good news travels what? Slow. Bad news travels what? Fast. So this is good news that Jesus is talking about here, that He's healing. Why did Jesus not want to share that He didn't want the people going about sharing that He was there and He was healing? It was because He didn't want people just coming to Him for just healing. He didn't want people flooding Him with all these sick people who were in need of healing. That's not what He was there for. He didn't want people coming to Him because they had heard that He had fed 5,000 people and that they had all that they wanted to eat. That was not what He wanted them coming to Him for. The same thing, we don't come to the Lord because we know that He can provide food and shelter for us and, and that He can provide for us healing. That's not what we come to God for. We come to God for salvation because we know that He can save us from our sins and has through His Son Jesus if we only accept Him. You can take a, a secret and hold on to it. Somebody gives you that secret and you'll hold on to it. You'll hold on to it and it'll eat you alive. It'll eat you alive. You'll have it sitting so far and you'll think, who can I trust that I can share this wonderful secret with? So then you tell that wonderful secret to somebody that you think you can trust and that wonderful secret, that person, it eats them alive and they share it with somebody that they think, and before you know it, that wonderful secret's out and everybody's added something to it. And it's out and it's going everywhere. I ask you all this morning, who in here was rich? We all raise our hands. We're rich because we know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The command that Jesus gave here to the people, them not to tell anyone, is not for us. It is not for us to go through life and say, well, God told us, Jesus told us not to tell anyone. We're supposed to shout it from the mountaintops that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, that He's in the saving and healing business, that He is our Lord and Savior, our all in all. He is our provider. We're supposed to shout that out and tell everybody that we possibly can. It's the Great Commission. Jesus told us to go forth and make disciples of all nations, teaching them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them everything that we've been taught. Not to go forth and be, be quiet about it. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. We're supposed to give of ourselves. And if we are truly rich this morning and we know Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, who are those who are less fortunate and the poor in the world? That's those who haven't accepted Jesus. That's those who don't believe. That's the lost. We're supposed to give of ourselves in such a way that they come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We're supposed to give Jesus away. 
You've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Your name's been written in the Lamb's book of life and it cannot be blotted out. Amen? So if that's happened, you can't give away Jesus to the point that you don't have Him anymore. We're called to give Him to a lost and dying world so that the kingdom of God can be furthered. So the question this morning is this. Are you willing to give yourself away for the glory of God? Are you willing to give of your time, your talents, your gifts in order that the kingdom of God can be glorified? Are you willing to share that love and compassion and mercy and salvation that has been lavished on you? If so, I encourage you to take the Great Commission and to run with it. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you have provided us above and beyond far more than we could ever begin to imagine. Lord, we thank You for these gifts that You've given us. And Father, I pray that You would help each and every one of us to take our salvation and to give it away so that others may come to know and accept Your Son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. And Father, I pray this morning for someone here who hasn't accepted Jesus that they would hear you calling to them right now at this very moment. That they would step out in faith and receive that gift of salvation. That they can be truly blessed and have a richness that nothing in the world can compare to. All these things I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you would, please stand. We're going to have a prayer for our offering and then I'm going to offer our benediction. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity we can give back to you a portion of what you so blessed us with. We ask, Father, that you bless both the gift and the giver, that you use these tithes and offerings to glorify your kingdom around the world. Father, be with us now as we go out into the world. Help us, Father, to give of ourselves, being about your business, sharing the good news of your Son, Jesus, so that others may come to know and accept him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen.